Hi, I'm Barb Nangle. I'm the founder of Higher Power Coaching and Consulting. I want to welcome you to my podcast, Fragmented to Whole, Life Lessons from 12-Step Recovery. On this podcast, I share my experience, strength, and hope from recovery. I don't support or endorse any particular 12-Step Recovery Fellowship, and I don't claim to speak for any of them either. My hope is that you will find my words helpful in some way, whether you're in recovery or not. This is episode 82. You don't have to believe your thoughts. Before I get into this episode about not believing your thoughts, I want to share a couple of things I'm really excited about. One is that I just did a workshop on boundaries and somebody emailed me and I quote, I have been working on boundaries for over 20 years and your presentation was the best I have ever seen, read, or experienced. I gotta tell you, I was completely blown away by that because I made up the workshop and the exercises based on what I've learned from a variety of sources and how I think about and experience boundaries. I also created some visual depictions about boundaries, which I also, I mean, I made them up. And apparently they're really helpful to people, which absolutely thrills me. To know that the work that I've gone through to build and enforce my own boundaries is helpful to other people is really amazing. So here's what I'm excited about. First, I'm doing a free webinar for one hour called How to Be Grateful on Thanksgiving by Setting Boundaries. It's on Thursday, November 19th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. I'll put the link in the show notes. And second, I'm going to launch a pilot group coaching program called Six Weeks to Better Boundaries with Barb. It will be Tuesdays, January 5th through February 9th from 4.30 to 6.30 Eastern Time via Zoom. And it will include a multimedia curriculum, weekly exercises, and you'll be in a group with other boundary builders. It's a $1,350 value. I will normally sell it for $700, but because it's a pilot, it's only $350. Unless, of course, you're one of my current clients, then it's free. And if you're a former client, it's only $200. I'll put the link for that in the show notes too. All right, now onto the topic you don't have to believe your thoughts. I did not understand this until recovery that just because I think something doesn't mean it's true. It seems pretty obvious to me now, but I definitely did not understand that before recovery. I just assumed that if something was going through my head over and over again, it must be true. I realize now that this applies to thoughts about me, the world, and other people. As I'm saying this, I think I understood the thoughts about me were not true before I understood the thoughts about everybody else in the world weren't true. For example, I was in my early 30s, I'm 57 now, when I first came to realize that I had a lot of negative self-talk. I read the book, When Food is Love by Janine Roth, and she wrote out some of the negative self-talk that some of her clients had. 
And when I read those words on the page, I was like, oh my God, I say that shit to myself. And I hadn't even realized it until I saw the words on the page. In the book, she walks you through the process of how to change that. First, you have to notice that you're having the negative thoughts. Then you have to stop. She also recommended that you look around at what's going on around you when you're doing that, that you feel the need to distract yourself from. And then whatever that is, it will give you clues as to why you might be beating yourself up in that very moment. And then obviously you need to stop the negative self-talk and then replace the thoughts with something else. I learned a ton from her and I did a lot of cleaning up my negative self-talk back then. But when I got in recovery, I learned there was so much more to do in that regard. I'm not sure if what happened was that some of my negativity went underground. I think of it as being subterranean, like the basement of my subconscious. I mean, I know a lot of that was subconscious anyway, but I sort of think of myself uh, as having this subterranean area. I don't know if it's true in actuality or not, but it's clear to me that there are some things that are more deeply subconscious than other things. So I don't know if the negativity just went deeper into the subterranean area or if I just never got at that stuff in the first place. But it's clear from the way that I was living my life and the work that I've now done in recovery that there was a lot more negativity going on than I had been aware of. It was like an audio in the background of my head And I know this because I was not living the life of someone who had good, clean, pure thoughts about themselves. When it came to my negative thoughts about other people in the world, I didn't realize that they were not thoughts that I was choosing. It's easier for me to talk about this in regard to my romantic relationships than anything else. So I've been able to see this in the very healthy, loving, functional, fulfilling relationship I'm in right now, because I will occasionally have thoughts about my sweetheart, and I can see now that they're not based in reality. They have absolutely nothing to do with him or anything he's ever done. And when I look at the kind of thoughts I had have, it reminds me of the way that one of my programs talks about the disease of addiction. In that program, we say, my disease wants me dead. And if it can't have me dead, it will settle for me being miserable. We also like to say things like, my disease is in the backyard doing push-ups. So in other words, the second I come out of my spiritual alignment with my higher power, that disease is ready and fit. And it's going to hit the ground running because it's been working out while I've been slacking off. It's in shape and ready to rumble with no notice as soon as I stop doing the work I need to do in recovery to stay in alignment with my spiritual power. I find this way of thinking really helpful because one of the ways my disease will make me miserable is that it will make me feel separate from other people by giving me thoughts that make me feel like I'm not connected to other people, whether I am or not. My disease 
doesn't want me to have intimacy. So it tells me stories in my voice about other people. Some people might prefer to say it's the ego rather than my disease. I don't think it really matters what you call it as long as you understand that those thoughts are not thoughts that you're choosing. Here's an example that you may have heard before on the podcast. One night I was sleeping over my sweetheart's house and I woke up in the middle of the night and the pillow that I sleep with between my legs was not there. And my first thought on waking was that fucker took my pillow. Now the pillow was on the floor on my side of the bed. So it had just fallen off the bed and slipped out from between my legs. So it was ridiculous to think he had anything to do with it because A, he was sleeping and B, he'd never done anything like that before. But my go-to thought on awakening was that fucker took my pillow. This is a perfect example to illustrate that my disease wants me to blame other people. It wants me to push people away from me. It doesn't want me close because if I'm close and intimate with other people, it's an indicator that I'm healthy and likely in fit spiritual condition, which means my disease can't wedge its way in there. So when I have thoughts like, if only people think did things my way, they would work out much better. Or I could have done that so much better than she could. Or they don't know what they're talking about. That is my disease talking. Those are thoughts I am not choosing to think. But I didn't understand any of that before recovery. If you think things like, I'm never going to figure this out or God, I'm such a fucking loser or what the hell is the matter with me? That is not you thinking those thoughts. You don't have to believe them. I don't care whether you call that your inner critic or your disease or your ego or anything else. I urge you to realize that those are not your thoughts, even if they're coming to you in your own voice in your head. That's part of the insidiousness of this negative internal dialogue. You don't have to believe the thoughts that are going through your head just because you're thinking them and just because they sound like your voice. Part of the process of recovery is learning to make choices, learning to have choices. I think the most incredible freedom of recovery is the freedom of choice. It's the opposite of addiction. And for me, the greatest freedom of choice that I have is the freedom to choose my thoughts on purpose. For example, I've given a number of times the example that one of the thoughts I choose on purpose is, I'm just the right amount of everything. And this is to negate the thoughts I used to have all the time about being too much. I honestly didn't think that that would be a good thought. Excuse me, that's not what I meant to say. I honestly think that that thought, I'm just the right amount of everything, would also be a good thought for people who don't think they're enough because the idea that I'm too much or that I'm not enough are basically the same thing. They're opposite sides of the coin. And the idea is you're not the right amount. Well, guess what? You are. 
Now, if you have a very specific thought that runs through your mind over and over again, I urge you to determine what the opposite of that thought is and start saying that thing to yourself. When I came up with the saying, I'm just the right amount of everything, I had to say it on a very regular basis when the too much thoughts came up. I don't have to do that anymore. I do say it once a day as an affirmation, but it took me time to get to that point. So I caution you about believing the negative thoughts you have. Just because you think them doesn't mean they're true. And this is especially so if the thoughts are not thoughts you've chosen on purpose. Here's another trick about not believing things just because you think them. I learned this one from Brooke Castillo, and I think it's brilliant. So there can be things that are factually true, but you believing them and telling yourself them over and over again is not serving you. For example, if you've never done something before and you keep telling yourself over and over again, I've never done this before, it's factually true. But if you want to actually do the thing you've never done before, it's not serving you to keep thinking that. So let's say you want to learn how to salsa dance. If you tell yourself over and over and over again, I've never salsa danced. I've never salsa danced. I've never salsa danced. But you really want to learn how to salsa dance. You saying over and over again, I've never done it is probably not going to result in you doing it. It's not serving you. So in this case, it doesn't matter that it's a true statement. You don't need to keep saying it. You can choose your thoughts. So choose thoughts that serve you. So maybe something like, I'm going to learn how to salsa dance, or I am learning how to salsa dance. That would serve you so much better than I've never salsa danced. I hope that these ways of changing your thinking are helpful and understanding that you don't have to believe your thoughts is helpful. And I hope it's under, it's helpful to know that a lot of this stuff has happened in my mind, has been an incredibly important part of my recovery and hopefully will contribute to yours as well. If it has been helpful, you might want to read the article I just published recently on Medium. It's also about cleaning up your thought life. It's a lot more detailed than this. And it's called How to Upgrade Your Life by Improving Your Thoughts, Some Frameworks to Improve Your Internal Dialogue. I'll link it in the show notes. My goal is to help you clean up your thoughts like I've been able to clean up my thoughts because it's made an enormous difference in my life. I'll talk to you next week. Take care. That's it for today. Please share this episode with anyone who might find it helpful. If you like what you've heard here, you might be interested in private coaching with me. If that sounds like you, then head on over to barbchat.net where you can get on my calendar for a free 20-minute consultation to help you make lasting changes in your life like I've made deep, lasting changes in my life. My ideal client is someone who is ripe for change, but I'll coach anyone who wants to be happy, joyous, and free. So if that's you, then go to barbchat.net and get on my calendar. I'd love to chat with you. Please like and subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast outlet. This helps other people find me. Thanks for listening.